What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Quiet Part Loud podcast. This is episode 127. My guest today is a lifelong educational activist. She is a TV presenter, author many times over. You may know her as the host of the Pride of Britain Awards, as well as the longtime co-host of Countdown, which she was a part of for 26 years. She is a British institution, an all-around lovely person, and I had such a great time talking to her. We spoke about her background and her upbringing, her passion for education, what's coming you know, in the next chapter of her life, and we played a little game at the end. So I can't thank her enough for the time that she spent with us. It was, as I said, a great, great conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, please welcome Carol Vorderman. Shut up and sit down. Let's see if that works. Hey! Can you see me? Hey! Hey. So you're at home now. I'm at home. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been locked in for about three weeks. Um, Yeah. So I told you I was in Greenwich. And thank goodness, thank goodness we have a backyard, you know, because it's a, it's a rarity in London, and we're so lucky. How many children do you have? Do you have children? Uh, if you count my two dogs and two cats, then I've got four. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have to educate particularly at the moment, then. <laughs> no, no, thank goodness, because, I mean the stress that we hear from, you know, certain people that we're talking to, you know, at, at the nine yeah. to five is, is just outstanding. And I don't know how people are, are managing to cope. And I don't either. So first things yeah. first, how long do you have Carol? Because I don't want I could talk four hours and I don't want to take your whole entire day. Cause I know you've got a ton of stuff to do. So it's half an hour in of course, of course. Yeah, Perfect. absolutely. Absolutely. All right, then. So let me just switch my phone onto silent because my lot ping, ping, ping messages. I can imagine like, you're, ping, uh, ping. yeah, I can imagine that you're, you're, you're yeah. quite busy as well uh, now. With yeah, everything I've got, else that's uh, going I'm on, on. The, yeah, I'm on the, yeah, so I've got the math factor obviously with Pearson mm. and then I've got all the Dorling Kindersley books. Uh, and I was on with a publisher on Thursday. 47 of the titles have sold out on Amazon. Wow. And I, it's extraordinary. That's incredible. Uh, so we're doing evil. We're doing all sorts of different things. And then I'm on the British Bake Off tomorrow night. Are you? Which, yeah, I'm on tomorrow. Oh, we'll, yeah, we'll be tuning funny. in for that. We'll be tuning yeah, in for that, definitely. But it's funny. And I've made, you see, we recorded it back in September. Sorry, I should tell you that. I don't know whether. No, no. Uh, and we recorded it back in September. And I'm a bit of a cheeky bill, right? So I thought, um, so I made this cake, <laughs> which is very cheeky. Is it? Being like naughty. It's a naughty cake. <laughs> because that was like the spirit of the time. Yeah, then. everybody was you know, still in, loving life and free September, to do what they like. like yeah, 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 whoa, whoa. You know, <laughs> this is a bit of a laugh. Yeah, for sure. So um, I, as part of me was thinking, ooh. <laughs> How's yeah. it going to go down? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think people are take it. You know what? As it's meant, which is just a lot of fun. Any kind of any kind of lightheartedness where we are right now is is uh, you know it's a godsend. It helps. 
Absolutely. It? It Anything that alleviates. It's, yeah, it sort of reminds you of normality. For sure, for you sure. Know, it's just a little bit, yeah. And whatever so, whatever um, that looks like after this whole thing comes to uh, comes to pass is going to be, you know, incredible to, to, to see how... I think this, this will have years of effect, and I think it will become... I'm not saying irregular, but it won't be irregular. And I think, you know, we'll just suddenly have, like, you know green, amber, red, and we'll go, like, we're going to amber tonight, a bit like the military do. And that means stay indoors until further notice. I I genuinely do think that. I I have um, feelings like we are living in almost like a, like a BC and an AC type of situation, you know, before Corona and after Corona. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I really think yeah. there are some some permanent changes that will be coming as an uh, as a result of this. So it's yeah, uh, it's going to be really you. interesting. So I think it'd be interesting actually to start by telling people how you're managing this situation because you know I know how I'm managing it and so far so good. But that that spectrum is really vast in terms of you know how people are managing it. So like how are you hanging in there? Well. I'm- I'm one of the lucky ones, so uh, I'm older. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have any elderly relatives to look after, so I looked after my mum for over 30 years, and uh, from when I was 21. Right. And um, uh, sadly, she passed away a few years ago. Um, but because I was her full-time carer for many, 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 many years, I understand what that means, sure. and I totally understand how difficult it is for people who are trying to care for their mum, dad, either or both. Yes. Or aunties or whatever. And, uh, you know, I know how stressful that would be. So I have real empathy there. And my children are older. So my son lives with me. So he's 23. So he okay. uh, would graduate uh, in animation this year and is going on to do a master's. I say it like is, because nobody knows what's going to happen, do they? You know, exactly. Fingers crossed and everything. But you have to kind of, you have to have a past, don't you? And then things may deviate from that. Nobody knows, not the Prime Minister, not the President of the United States, not the Queen, not anybody knows what's going to come at us, what will happen, if there will be, you know, lockdown you know, they release a little bit of lockdown in May, let's say, next month. Yes. Uh, whether there's going to be a second spread or whatever, nobody knows. Nobody does. Actually, nobody knows. No. So, so I do find that um, in lockdown, it, it's easier for me than it is for many people. Uh, but I'm very, uh, you know, uh, I realise that. Mm. But I try not to watch too much news because it is not just gloomy, it is apocalyptic. Yes. And, and it can have a, a real effect on you. And I, I suppose every three or four days, it, I sort of so I'm trying my best, you know, with the math factor yes. and my little plane and all of this kind of thing to, to help. And, you know, I wish I could help. I wish I could help more, but I can't help more. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not one of those frontline uh Heroes. But I'm eternally great, grateful. Absolutely. Them, you know, deeply, deeply, deeply grateful. So I suppose when you can't help anymore than you can, um, you have to learn to just concentrate on what you can do. Absolutely. And that's that, and that's what I'm trying to do. Um, but I find I find only I'm a big walker, mm. big walker. 
um, so I find only doing an hour, you know, which is about three and a half miles, I suppose, something like that. It's nothing. I find that, I find, yeah, it's nothing. Um, and I do get very, and I'm not an angry person, but I do get very cross about the selfishness of those who are going out and abusing that. Because if the government, and I totally understand why they would have to get harder on it, it's so unfair for probably the 95%, particularly families with young children. Who absolutely you know, need it to release some of the stress of being cooped up all day. It. Absolutely, the yeah. Scenes, so, um, the scenes from this weekend were, were, were just disgraceful. Uh, disgraceful. Just, just amazing. And it is like and everything I, else, isn't it? It's, it's, the, it's the few that ruin it for the many. And you'll understand why stricter procedures have to be put in place if people still cannot adhere to the simplest form of, like you said, if you can't do anything because you're not a frontline worker, what can you do? Yes. And you can do something can you do? by being very, very unselfish and staying indoors. And it sucks staying for sure, home. but yeah. it's a minor, minor price to pay to solve Absolutely. this thing sooner rather than later. Absolutely. It's an inconvenience, isn't it? Rather than actually uh, threatening your own life by staying inside, it's an inconvenience. It's an inconvenience. And what's really what's really coming to light is is what people consider a struggle versus what is a struggle. And those nurses and doctors that are frontline, they're struggling. People who have yeah, to stay are. indoors are, like you said, they're inconvenienced. They're not struggling. Yeah. Let's be honest. No, now, no. those with children may be struggling because they may have to be working and teaching and keeping sanity in order. So yeah. there's a you know, there's a there's a spectrum. And like you said, you're lucky. I feel like I'm lucky. I mean, just to have the garden is is a real benefit. But yeah. What I wanted to talk about was was obviously math factors because we we were touched yeah. on that before and it's about doing what you can when you can't do the 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 hard graft and math factors sounds to me like yeah. a real benefit of a tool for you know kids for parents for teachers for all of this so can you just tell us a little bit about because math factors was was established in 2010 Yes, and then right. it was acquired, you said, uh, by Pearson. Yes, by Pearson. And then yeah. relaunched with the later. new curriculum in, in mind. Is that right? Uh, no, it was always launched with the national curriculum in mind, but obviously that's... That changed. slightly over the years. So I tell think, us a bit more about ever. that. <laughs> 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 so, I so, keep reminding... I keep reminding parents the answers don't change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's exactly the same. That's it. Beautiful thing about math, right? The beautiful thing about math. So tell me a little bit about that inception and where that came from and the the kind of impact that you've seen over its lifespan so far. Yeah. So um, I've been, I started on the television doing numbers, yes. if you like, a very British phrase, on a programme called Countdown. Yes. Uh, at which I was on for 26 years. Original co-host, right? Uh, yeah, with Richard Whiteley, who I adored. And I and I, so I went to um, a comprehensive school uh, and I was uh, born in 1960 and a Catholic, so I was bussed into the you know local. And we were all very poor. And, and my family was single parent, three children, including my brother, who was born with a cleft lip and everything. So it was very, 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 very difficult. And we were a very poor family. So I was a free school meals kid all my life. I was. I had this. Were you? So you understand. 100%. So education 
was my love and my way out, if you like. Absolutely. And as it is for many, you know, as it is for many. So I was very lucky. I had an, uh, an amazing primary school head teacher who was very funny and we loved him. We absolutely loved him. Mr. Jennett, his name was. And uh, he was very strict as well. So he, we all, but because we loved him, he didn't need to be strict because we just wanted to please Mr. Jennett all the yes, time. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know. And Mr. Uh, uh, but he had a resolution. And when I was a, a, a grown up and had conversations with him and went for tea with him, you mm -hmm. know, um, and uh, he explained that he knew because he, you know, was obviously a generation older than me. But he understood how important education was because he, back in the 50s, 1950s, was a teacher in Salford in Manchester. Right. Okay. And back in those days, that was, I mean, poverty stricken. Yes. And he said when he was a teacher there, this was before he came to North Wales and was our head teacher. Right. That he resolved that no child at all, even if mm. they had learning disabilities, would have anything less than a reading age of 11 when they left his school. Standard bearer. And that's what he did. And that's what he did. Because he knew back then that you had to be educated to stand any chance whatsoever Absolutely. of escaping a poverty gap. It's the great equalizer. So all of yeah, and it is a great equalizer. So he put me up a year because I love numbers. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, they were my friends. They were my, <laughs> they were everything to me. And I, and I still love numbers. And so when I went to the secondary school, which is literally over the fence, the mm -hmm. comp, uh, and I was still a year ahead, I had a wonderful, again, strict but funny maths teacher, Mr. Parry. Okay. And Mr. Parry got all of us through. There were only two sets. And in those days, you did O-level or CSE, mm -hmm. as it was called. Uh, people my age will remember those. <laughs> and, um, and Mr. Parry took, was head of maths, but he took the O-level set. So I don't know how many. Something like 35 of us in okay. that set, something like that. And, uh, and, and Mr. Parry uh, got all of us to get a grade A at her level. I mean, he was remarkable. And he always used to say to me, very Welsh, she's a Welsh nationalist, as they were called then, say, uh, Miss Fortamon, I'm going, yes, yes Mr. Parry, you go, now there are four R's, not three R's. And I go, well, why is that? And so, what's that, Miss Parry? And he goes, there's reading, writing, arithmetic, and record. <laughs> you have to be rigorous in what you do, Miss Bartimaeus. Just keep doing it. Do it more, do it more. So, and Mr. Parry was amazing, and I adored him. And so I got my own level when I was, I don't know, 14, something like that. Okay. And then uh, I applied, then I did, um, uh, I'm telling you all of this, because I think it shows just, this is, this is a depth to, my passion for education. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it, and I remember those days, and it was terrifically important. And then when I was 16, they were saying, well, because nobody went to university then. You know, even across the board, I think it was only about 4% wow. of people. Wow. So let alone if you're from a comp in sure. North Wales. Yeah, absolutely. So I said, um, well, I want, you know, I, I want to go to university because, mm -hmm. you know, um, your That's escape. what I want to do. Yeah. And they said, well, where are you going to go? 
and I went, well, I've heard of Cambridge, and I think that's quite good, and I want to be a pilot. So um, that, I think, is the best thing for me to do, is to go to the best place I can go and do the best degree that, that would get me into being a pilot. I've never even been in an aeroplane, I'm patient to ask. That's amazing. So that was my entire logic, and that was 1977. Wow. So I applied I thought, well, I don't know anything about this Cambridge place. Right, okay. So um, I got, I had to send away for, because obviously it was pre-internet. Of course. And I had to send away for a booklet written by the students about the different colleges, because I'd never, what do you mean, no different, I thought you just applied to the university. No, you have to apply. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> so I got this thing, and there was one college was described, Sydney Sussex College, mm. as a college. And I remember the brochure vividly. And it said, uh, if you're going to apply and you're from a state school, this college is really good because a lot of uh, students there are from state schools. So right, I thought, right well, again, you know, it's always about risk and probability, isn't of it? Of course, you know, it's like, yeah, of course. You know, yeah, get a greater probability, you know, the less risk, higher probability that's it, that's of it. getting in. So, um, so I thought, right, okay. So... I found these papers, you know, in this form that I had to fill in and everything, and I filled it in. I said, I want to be a pilot, and I got this letter. And, of course, they were all posted. Yeah. This letter saying, can you come for an interview? Well, I floored me, that one, you know, and I'm thinking, I was 16-year-old, and I'm thinking, oh, my own Lord. So, anyway, the wrong night, I know, <laughs> we went down to Cambridge, and uh, I was only 16 for an interview, mm -hmm. and I went in. And uh, had this interview. And I remember they were saying, you want to be a pilot. How do you tell the speed of an aircraft when it's in the air? And I thought, well, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I don't really know. And they were so kind. And they said, okay, well, what it is is a thing called a pitot tube. And they put it at the front of the aircraft. How might that work? Because obviously I was doing physics as well. Yes. So, and I managed to logically explain how it might work right. through dynamic and static pressure. So um <laughs> so I explained that and they said yes. And then they said, um, are you able to do <laughs> how ridiculous it <laughs> are you able to do the Oxford exam? And I said, what's that? And they said, you don't know what the Oxford exam I said, no. <laughs> so they said it's a special exam that all students, all students have to take in order to get into Cambridge. This right. In the seventies, and that, and they said, but a number of schools aren't able to teach a student how to. Because it's very specific exam preparation. How and didn't have the it. capability to yeah. do the prep work for the kids. Exactly. So I said, well, no, I haven't, because nobody from the town had ever applied before, or, in, or I don't know the whole of North Wales, probably. I don't know. Sure. So. Um, so I said, well, no. And they said, well, we're allowed in the university to give. And I think it was about 20 places across the whole university, right. thousands of places a year to students who can't take the Oxbridge exam. So we'll consider you for that. And that was that. And it was the first time, because I grew up in North Wales, where we're very, when we speak English, it's like you speak, you're northwest of England, you know, it's a grass bath, la, la, and these people said grass and bath. And Different like, world. Wow. Different world. <laughs> wow. 
mom, did you hear what I said? You know? <laughs> so we did all of that and, and, and uh, went home and I, and I applied to other places like Imperial College London and they offered me a place because that was all conditional offer there. Sure. So, and City University were doing aeronautical engineering. I think it was City, Southampton, Imperial for aeronautical mm-hmm. and Cambridge. And then, anyway, I remember in the December, this letter coming through and it was like a printed, like a duplicated letter and then they typed in your name. Yes, yes. It's like the diplomas, the right? Where they just actually put your name on it yeah, afterwards, but, but they got it had a template. To be typed in. Right, so somebody yeah, taking the time. Kind of what we have now. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I remember opening it and thinking, oh, well, this, oh, it doesn't matter. I've got an offer. That's what I thought. I've got an offer from Imperial, so that's good enough. Good I've to got go. in the RAF. And, uh, and, then, and I was expecting, obviously, um, this letter to say, well, thank you for your time, you know. Appreciate it, but no thanks. And I opened it, and it didn't. And it said, dear Carol, uh, we're delighted to say we're offering you one of the very few conditional offers. Unbelievable. And it was like, and I remember walking to school that day, and I was living in Real at the time, because my mother had left my stepfather yet again. Sure. And uh, in the west end of Real, which is like the poorest suburb in Wales. Right. And then... Um, and it was like my feet didn't touch the ground. You know, I couldn't believe it. It's, like, this, it's difficult to describe now. But back then, it was like a miracle. It was like one in a million chance. Well, it's out-of-body experience, right? It, 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 that's the yeah. sort of thing that people who come from the background you're describing and what sounds like it's a very similar background that I grew up in, that happens yeah. to other people. That yeah, doesn't happen right. to us. It doesn't happen to us. And so um, so I went, and I'll finish the story soon. I don't want to talk no, about please, please. Time, but, but it's important. Education is important. It is, the, it is the key way for society to change. Yes. And uh, which is why I, you know, I, I love children so much, but I love education. And anyway, I went and I had three years there and I got my degree in engineering. Fantastic. And uh, which was fantastic. And I've also, you know, since then I've given got bursaries to kids from a similar background to get in to do engineering. Uh, and I support the college where I can. Yes. Because uh, I think the college is a fine place. So that year was only the third year that colleges were doing what they called mixed. So ah. there were originally three girl colleges and something like, uh, I think it was 18 at the time, Boys colleges. Right, okay. And then a few of them, Kings had gone mixed, a few of them. So my college was only the fifth college to go mixed. So, and it was their third year, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So the numbers were not even. There was sure. still very much more uh, boys and girls. Of course. But they took three northern girls, because I was classified as a northern girl. Okay. I know it's North Wales, but I was a northern girl from comps. So it took me, and I haven't done badly. Uh, my roommate, Sue Thomas, as she was then, uh, was from Blackburn. And she was also only 17. I was only 17 when I went, so was she. And she became the youngest female professor of chemistry in the UK. Oh, She's got her own Vicky page. She's amazing in organic chemistry. And uh, won the first Regent uh, Franklin Prize for International Science. Incredible. And... Um, uh, so that's the second one. And the third one was Anne Mather. She's got her own wiki page as well. <laughs> and Anne did, 
Anne was from Stockport, okay. near Manchester. Mm-hmm. And so Anne uh, did geography and she trained to be an accountant. She moved to America and she then became a CFO, Chief Financial Officer for a number of companies and is now on the global board of, it's like Mrs. Silicon Valley, of Google, Netflix, YouTube, and a million other things. Oh, my goodness. So my college, yeah, so my college, by investing in those three girls from state schools in the north, because if you had a northern accent in Cambridge at that time, you were laughed at. Sure. Because you know, they were all so posh. So, you know, and... and and that's why I love my college, yeah. and that's why I love education, because it and it has the ability to change. And I think when you've been given that opportunity, I think it is then your duty and your service and your responsibility to give back. Can't just take; you have to give back. That and it's a very long-winded way of saying why education is so much to me. Of it course, is so much to me. Yeah. And, and it makes complete so, sense that you would develop something like Maths Factor off the back of that yeah. because supporting education, supporting education for all, you know, out of the place that you've come from, it, it there is a direct line to the point we're at now yeah. based on yeah. what your history has been with education and how it's meant so much to you and the impact that it's seen you make on yourself, but those around you who were also given admission to this kind of other world that yeah. were typically not supposed to have it. Yes. And it, yes. And it is a way of, you know, classes being kept in their box. Of course it is. And I've experienced that many times over my life. And it is something that I'm afraid I naturally rebel again. Of course. I mean, what do so, they say about societies, right? If you want to elevate your society from a place of poverty or a place of, you know, past years, you educate the female population. Yes. It is one of the number one markers of improving a society as a whole is the yeah. rate of educated women within that society. It's a powerful, it's amazing, powerful thing. Isn't it? Absolutely. It is a powerful thing. So when I started on Pantdown, which was, I was 21, <laughs> it's about eight lifetimes ago now, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and being on that, and, and at that time, Countdown was getting about five million views a day, it was one of the lead shows on television and so on. So the response I had for all of those years, and still do, yes. whenever I was in the, you know, in the street, people would talk to me about maths. Right. All the time, right? All the time. Carol, do this sum for us. Yeah, all of that. Go to the restaurant. Get the billboard. (laughs) Get lost. Um, Or about, oh, I hated maths. And a lot of people would talk about how frightened they were of maths. Sure. So in the 90s, so I'm going back in the 30 years, (laughs) National Curriculum began late 80s. And uh, I thought, right, I'm going to try and help these kids. So I set up a TV production company and I made VHS videos that people would buy in Woolworths and Smith's largely <laughs> uh, for Times Tables for, to rock and roll. Oh, man. And for, yeah, and uh, uh, I mean, I'm going back to literally 30 years. Yeah. And um, I hadn't even had my first baby by then. <laughs> and, and also I did 
National Curriculum Maths, National Curriculum English, and GCSE the same. And in those days, it was foundation, intermediate, and higher GCSE. Because okay. every few years, annoyingly, everything changes, doesn't it? You know, yeah, of course. Yet, yet more guinea pigs come along to try <laughs> the new exam. So, uh, so we did those, and they were very popular. So a lot of parents now say, oh, I grew up, I remember. <laughs> you know, that, that video, that time. So it's yeah. quite interesting over the generations how that, that has come to pass. So in the late 90s, mid-late 90s, uh, I, started, I wrote my first science book in the 80s, and I love writing books. So, um, and many people will know my books for Sudoku. Yes. When I, yeah, how to, how, to, how to do Sudoku mm-hmm. and all of that, you know. Um, but before then, I met Peter Kindersley from Dorlin Kindersley, who's the chairman of TK, uh, and uh, Chris uh, Davis, who was the managing director at the time. Okay. And I went up to see them. And I said, you know, we should be doing workbooks for children, you know, where we encourage them and they have a gold star that they can, like, stick on, you know, when they've done a page of sums. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. We were allowed to call them sums in those days. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> so, um, really, it's still the same. Um, <laughs> three plus five equals, you know. Um, so, uh, so he said, uh, oh, that's a good idea. And we said write some books so i said i don't want them to be like book books not textbooks i just want them to be workbooks right so very simple so textbooks are what happened in school and these are workbooks and you know but we need it to be like celebratory and they have a badge and blah 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 yes so we did that so that was very popular we started with maths and then it, this was sort of off the back of all the videos yes i was making them so then he said, well, let's do English, spelling and punctuation and so on. And they're okay. kind of thin books, but big books. Yes. And they're just nice and simple to use. Sure. So we expanded there and then they did very well. And then he said, well, right, okay, well, let's extend the age group. Okay, we'll do that. And then we did the thing. And then, and then so it went on. And, and there was such a, a huge response to that yes that we've expanded the series i it comes under my brand now because i it's impossible for me to write them and we've expanded into um subject it has the author's name on every single one yes uh, yeah, sure, but, sure, but sure it's under a brand now it's, it, it's a much brand. bigger undertaking than it once was it, uh, absolutely sure. it started uh, in very holistically wrote, but these things they catch fire yeah. and they need assistance and support Exactly. And I wrote a big book back in the nineties called How Mathematics Works yep. for Then. It was like a it was like a textbook. And that took me a good six months to write it. Okay, wow. And um and I knew I couldn't then start to write all these other things. And DK have wonderful authors and editors and they know what they do. Sure. So it expanded and expanded and expanded that over the years. So then you get another generation who say, Oh yeah, <laughs> going on and that's still going on and uh, uh, you know we sell a lot of books yes. every year and um so when i was asked to leave countdown after 26 years uh i was a bit bereft in all honesty yes and um 
different sort of grieving. But the one thing that I and Richard had died, my partner had died a few years before. So it was all very sort of emotive and so on. But the one thing that I could cling on to uh, was this love of teaching and love of, because there are many ways of teaching. You don't have to literally be standing in front of a classroom to do that, as we are now learning in lockdown. Absolutely. And some of the most effective ways of teaching are not that methodology at all. (laughs) At all. (laughs) So so I set up, I invested uh, in, you know, my belief and my love, which was to teach maths very simply, and to teach all the things I've learned about numbers mm. and basic algebra. So I'm only talking about primary age school here, uh, primary school age, rather. Sure. And uh, so when I learned, and with Mr. Parry, and the way I've taught myself, and the way I've been over to America and uh, not studied with, but chatted with and played around with numbers, with people who were sort of human calculators and, mm. you know, and all of that, and the juggling and the algorithms and the quick methods and so on. And it's all about patterns. Of as course. You know, it's all about patterns. Algebra is about patterns. Everything is about patterns. And there are particular things that, I'm going to say a mathematician for sake of argument, but somebody who's good with numbers, mm-hmm. let's say, whether you're a bookie or, you know, uh, a whatever, number file or, or whatever works, you want to call it. <laughs> or a darts player or, you know, you're, you're working a roulette table. Whatever it is, there are patterns that you look for. And so I sort of wrote matching the national curriculum, my own curriculum, if you like, okay. and the, what, the things that the, the very tiny, tiny, tiny steps um, that I know if a child followed they would be amazing. Yes. And I set up another company um, (laughs) to build the math factor. And I had about 20 or 30 people at the peak. And we built a studio upstairs in the office block. Yeah. And I recorded well over a thousand little videos. Wow. And, uh, and, And we built this whole... Uh, way of teaching around it so they would have fundamentally a session with an anti-carol video a little warm-up which would be basic sums you know but really basic just to get it warmed yes, up yes yes it's a bit like you know if you're going on the road and you stretch just get the neurons firing right just get that exactly and then a very specific practice which is normally about 25 uh of whatever it is that you're doing. If you're doing long multiplication, it would be fewer. But whatever it is that you're doing that would take you hopefully only about 10 to 15 minutes to do, which is related to that very specific sliver of number work that you're learning. Right. And that that's fundamentally what it is. Around all of that, we dress it up with you can print a certificate at the end. Yes. The kids love. It's incredibly visual, um, the platform. It's amazing. Oh, it's so visual and leaderboard. Yes. And they, once they've done a session, they win a marble and then it goes into the pachinko page. It's a little <laughs> bit like um, uh, pinball. Yes. You know, it's a bit like that. And then, you know, we give money to a certain charity depending where their marble lands and all of this. Fantastic. Kind of thing, you know? um, and, it, and it's lovely and it really, 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 really. So we, we put that out and then as a subscription base. Mm-hmm. And it did okay. Um, but, you know, life changes and things happen. And then Pearson, uh, who I love, um, 
they're great. Said, well, we'd be happy to take this off your hands now, Carol, and we will then develop it. So that's what I did. I sold the website to Pearson, and then together, because I'm still very much involved. Yes, it's been developed as a subscription. So depending on whether you get monthly, quarterly, or annually, it's around about two pounds a week. Yes, is yes, what it would cost. slightly less if it's annual, slightly <laughs> more if it's month. But not now. So, um, but not now. So uh, uh, two weeks before lockdown, yes, um, I spoke to the bosses and I said, you know. There are a lot of companies, because already by then, you know, hand sanitizers were being tripled in price and, you know, all, you know, all those things. It seems like a year ago now, but it was actually only a month ago. Yeah, exactly. So um, I rang them up and, uh, and said, you know, I think because of this love that I have for education, this passion I have for children to do well yes. and to be encouraged to do well then i said you know I, please 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 can we not hike the price please 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 can we do the opposite and get it free and they said yes incredible i said until the schools go you know until schools go back whenever that might be but probably it's going to be six months yes so they did do that. We had to change various things on the front page, you know, to say, oh, now it's free. And of all course. That. So everything was then done in a, in a bit of a hurry. Um, so the first day we had uh, about 50,000 people sign in. Wow. Uh, new, new parents. And because if you imagine the website is a house. Yes. Once you're registered, you come in the back door. And you can enjoy the house. Yes. But if you're trying to, if you're knocking on the front door, it's a small funnel because obviously we didn't expect the numbers that we expected. Of course. Yeah, so, I see uh, where you're going. That yeah. was then, you know, you can imagine they're all now in the kitchen. It's like it was slowing the site down on the first day. So uh, we, we decided to just put up a form that people could do. So we put, that's been for the last two weeks. So we've now got about half a million um, uh, signed in. You've gone from 50,000 uh, to 500,000 in two weeks. And, well, we've gone well, less than that. We were less, less than, than 10,000. Yeah. So, yeah. That's incredible, and, Carol. Uh, many, many schools. And the wonderful, and many, many schools also, there's a schools version. Right. Have signed in, I of course. think, 3,000 or 4,000 schools. I can't remember now. Unbelievable. Um, have signed on. But that, it then, by the Pearson platform, but then... They need to upload the children onto it. So well, that's slightly different. You almost to the have to cascade it in, right? You have to cascade it yes. in so it doesn't yeah. cause that so, crash uh, so or what have you. If you ask me how many are using it, I couldn't honestly give you the answer <laughs> because it, it, so more than I a month know. ago, though, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more than a month yeah. ago, exactly. <laughs> and, and the wonderful, wonderful thing is because I do a lot of tweeting. I, 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 I don't know how to do Instagram because I really don't care, um, but. <laughs> Uh, I just don't care. So <laughs> that's not my gig at all. No, no. But, but Twitter I like because you can have not proper conversations, but you can at least give bits of information. And it's not just about, you know, how you look and what celebrities do and all that rubbish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a connection point with someone so, else, right? You can yeah, definitely establish yeah. that. I like that. Mm. I like I like being on Twitter. Um, and... Uh, and I've got some amazing followers, you know, so they tend to be kind and so on. And I, and I, and I only tweet things that are kind. Yes. Non-controversial. Yes. Um, so, uh, 
the response has been amazing from parents who are now using it with their children. And I had, for instance, and, and the thing about Mass Factor, which we've known over the last 10 years, is that we've sort of specialised really in taking strugglers, uh, so they'd be bottom table or yeah. bottom set, mm-hmm. right? um, or however it's described in whichever school, and getting them to top set very quickly. So bearing in mind, we were only an after-schools club because we're now in a life that we've never known before. Of course. You know, that we were only ever, this is stuff you do after school. Stuff that can school. help, stuff that can guide, stuff that can that be supplemental. Exactly. But just using that data, uh, we knew that if a child did four sessions with us a week, so that could be anything from 15 minutes to whatever, they they would go from bottom to top within about three months. Wow. And if they stayed with us six months, they would then usually advance a year from where they were using the data that we had. And if they stayed a year, they would advance two to two and a half years. Incredible. And it's quite it's been it's been quite extraordinary. And we also know that um um children who possibly on the spectrum. My, my son had learning difficulties, so okay. I have great empathy with, sure. with parents. Of, uh, he was in a special special school, if you like, for five years. Um, so there, there's something about the math factor that they really enjoy, and they advance so much with us. And it it's calming because there's a repetition. So the lesson, you know, unlike when I've hosted millions of science shows and so on in sure. decades. You try to do something for your audience, which is a bit different than, hey, we're doing this and isn't this exciting? Absolutely. It's the opposite, because these are all recorded from exactly the same Cambridge position. Uh, Andy Carroll's in front of exactly the same board, and you know things are presented in the same way. Even if they're really colourful, you know the pattern. Yes. And it's uh, and so over the last two weeks, so and it was uh, Autism Awareness Week last week. That's I mean, right. hundreds and hundreds of uh, parents of children with with uh, learning uh, disabilities of whatever kind were saying, "I can't believe the difference in this. This is the only thing my child wants to do." Um, and one lady said, uh, "Adam." done 18 sessions with you today we can't get him off it oh wow and you know and this is common we we and it's wonderful because it you know really explodes your heart it's not only helping the child it's helping the parents as well and this is a common theme that we have saying oh i can't understand much this it's not like you've got to do your math and it's a beautiful little video this is like the children without learning yeah 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 yeah. um obviously the vast majority but they say uh, it's beautiful little video, and this little girl must have been, I think, six, five or six years of age. And her dad filmed her, and he went into her bedroom, and he said, it's six o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and you've switched your light on. What you, what, what is it? Said, I want to do math. Oh, my goodness. He, he said, you want to do math? You want to go? She said, I want to do math. He said, why? He said, because it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's And I call it like giving them a superpower because yeah. what happens, and this is now, you know, we're in our second week of receiving 
um, reports back from parents, yes. new parents, yes. if you like. Um, and they're saying, my child is growing in confidence in everything now. And this is what we've heard for 10 years. But yeah. now they have the time to do it. It's yeah. not just after school. That's right. It's, it, 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 you know, they've got all day, if you like. A uh, lot of them carry on doing it. They have a 30-day challenge where they have to do a daily session. Sure. Um, for 30 days and not miss. And they get virtual trophies. Yes, and all that. yes, Normally, progress. in normal circumstances, we send them a physical medal. At right, the right, okay. Obviously, yeah, yeah. So now you're, yeah, now you're doing the printable ones, right? It, exactly, yeah. So, um, so it's, it's that response. And when they have that superpower, it, it's... Uh, it's incredible how they change, and particularly now when you know we're all nervous. Even strong grown-ups like myself, yes. we're nervous of what's happening. When you know we're worried about so many people, yeah. and obviously that will pass down to children. Obviously, it will. No matter you know how you try as a parent, they're going to pick it up from the news, from the radio, from whatever it, it might be. You cannot escape it. So if they have something that they can go to, which is calm, and if their children love learning, mm. they go, oh, it's math, therefore it's got to be terrible. No, 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 the opposite. 100%. The absolute opposite, because it takes your whole head. And when something takes your whole head, it's why a lot of grown do meditation. When you can take your whole head and apply it to something, it's meditative. 100%. You know, it's I was calming. absolutely right. Absolutely right. It is a it is a, a, a an all or nothing endeavor that takes you away from what the surrounding noise is. Totally. Totally. And I found that, you know, as I I always wanted to be a, a fighter pilot. Mm. And so um when I got to Cambridge age 17 and, you know, there are only, I think, five girls in my year of engineers, 300 sure. boys, five girls, or five girls. Um, and all the lads, I'd be always at the back row, always. Because <laughs> that's the cheeky me, it's never going to change. Uh, and always on the back row. And then they all came in after a few weeks. And they were going, all right, one, two, three, yeah, yeah, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they'd say, Oh, we went flying this weekend. Where'd you go flying? He said, oh, at the uh, University Air Squadron. What's that? Because, <laughs> of course, when you go, you don't know. No. You can't have internet. If it wasn't in the library at school, you didn't know about it. And if it was a boys' club, it was a boys' club. And if it was an elite kind of special club, you weren't there for yeah. it. You weren't invited, and you didn't know about it. Exactly. They're like, oh, it's like the RAF, and they give us uniform and everything, and they take us flying free. What? Where is this place? <laughs> right. this is, and it was like two streets away, because uh, the engineering department's on Trumpington Street, and it's like two streets down in Cambridge. Sure. So off I marched after lectures. <laughs> Get down here. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> oh, I found it. Right, in this big house. And I knocked on the door, and I, the biggest smile on my face, I said, oh! Engineering, I'm, I'm over here, medicine. yeah. And I was like, You're a girl, and <laughs> I wasn't allowed to join it. So, but I had different plans anyway. The uh, reason I'm telling you that story 
is because I celebrate good change. Yes. I don't go, oh, and it was awful because I wasn't allowed. I'm not saying that. I have to celebrate when good change happens. Definitely. So years later, uh, when my daughter went to Cambridge to read uh, physics and physical natural sciences, as it's called there, basically physics and chem. Sure. Um, uh, and she got to Cambridge because obviously she'd been brought up when she brought maths home. Like, oh, wait, let's I'm go, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> <woo -hoo." laughs> so she caught the bug. Um, well, that's got to uh, be something that's completely unavoidable in your household, yeah, Carol. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so she went, and I had by then been sort of hanging around uh, uh, with RAF and was thinking about learning to fly. Right. And so I'd taken a few lessons and she sort of gone, oh, anyway. She went and applied to the Cambridge University Air Squadron. Of course, you know, now she's 28 now, so obviously 10 years ago. Yes. They did take girls. And she got in and she was in that Air Squadron for four years while she did a Master's of Science. Isn't that incredible? And uh, and I think, and I celebrate the changes. Of the course. The changes that have come around. And she stayed at Cambridge, so she's just finishing up a PhD now. In oh, incredible. Nanotech. Incredible. Yeah, so she, she's a good girl. And but that's the thing, at, isn't uh, it? I mean, you have to, yeah. someone has to knock on the door in order for it to be open for others coming down the lane exactly later on. That. Exactly and that's the change that. that needs to be celebrated. And I think that's something that, you know, I wanted to ask you about personally because with mathematics and you being the co-host yeah. of Countdown for so long and the disparity that even like even more pronounced back then in engineering, you know, there's, there's still yeah. a disparity in STEM between men and women and boys and girls. And was that something that you took on as kind of a personal kind of motivator, something that, you know, that really kind of you felt a responsibility for to, you know, your time yeah. on countdown and afterwards. I mean, obviously it started early when you knocked on the door for the very first time, but during yeah. the career, is that something that you felt a responsibility to push girls or let them know that, Hey, STEM's available to you and look at all the beautiful things that it can open up. Is that something that you carry yeah. with you? Yeah, absolutely. On a daily basis, always have. And, and, uh, and I talk about it, and I've given speeches, and I've done all of that. But I've sure. also um, been, you know, going back to the flying, I was yeah. invited to be the very first in the Royal Air Force history, the first female honorary group captain <laughs> um, as ambassador for the Air Cadet. Amazing. Which I wear my uniform with great pride. Yes. And, uh, and so I'm very involved in that. And I've just been given another three-year commission on that. Oh, so, fantastic. Uh, Congratulations. You know, I'm grateful. So I do a lot. Uh, and try, what I, I try to do now, because I do less telly work, because the nature of television has changed. It's much more about reality TV stars and how somebody looks. And frankly, that's not me. Don't get me so, started. Um, at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my industry has changed radically sure. in the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, um, not for the better, I don't think, but no. that's for somebody else to worry about, not me. So, <laughs> so with that time, I have actively got involved with... Um, so I also sit on, I, I love to connect good people. That's what I, above all things, I love to do that. Good organizations. Yes. Who are all trying to do their best. 
and, and yes, you see that with your charity work and the and the endeavors and the I, you know, I, I, that you take I part in. I care about it. Yeah, I deeply care about it. And so I uh, got involved with the NASA uh, Challenger Census Board. Um, so when Challenger uh, exploded yes. something years ago now, yes, yes. Um, they formed because the first teacher in space uh, was Krista McAuliffe. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. immediately after, the wife of the commander of Challenger, um, uh, June Scobie, as she was then, um, she uh, got involved with the then president and said, we have to do something in memory of the crew. And everybody worked on Challenger. And it should be these educational institutes or centres. So I'm the only English person who sits on the board of directors of Challenger Centre. Oh wow! And uh, uh, and I've been there for about five years. So I've been try. I try to put all these different groups of people together, whether it's astronauts and I don't know the Welsh government or whether it's this and that and the other. And I've worked very under the radar mm. and all of that. But I, but but it's something that really keeps me going. But it was like what so you were I, saying I, earlier, Carol, about, you know, the fact that if you have power, you have to then enable it for positive. And that is yeah. a that is a responsibility on those that have, you know, had the fortune to, you know, establish yeah. a life for themselves, put a network together for themselves who are involved in all of these amazing endeavors. I agree. Those can't operate in silo. And the job that you do of connecting all of those institutions, all of those individuals is, is an amazing thing. And, and you know, you, you're speaking to the benefits of it now, which is fantastic. It's absolutely brilliant. Well, I think, but, I, but, but it matters and it matters. It does matter. That, pe- that people do do that. So, for instance, um, you know, and I've met some amazing people. You, get, you can get great joy. My greatest joy is out of giving. And I think a lot of people feel that, and uh, you know, uh, all volunteers feel that. Sure, that's why they do um, it. Uh, yeah, it, it is why you do it. I'm particularly working with young people, and I'm, I'm thinking that perhaps if I'm able to put them together with those people in that group, and uh, maybe between them, they can set up a file. Sparks and then fly. I try and do it over here, and, and you know, and and it's just wonderful to when you get the feedback from that is is just fantastic well and we see the feedback um, on twitter from you know from the parents and 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 the moms and dads who are who are saying you know my kids completed this lesson now or this pro and it's just you know that you know the data that you were talking about before that's one thing right to say okay we can take it from the bottom to the top and that's a beautiful thing and if they spend this much time they'll go from here to here but when a mom tweets you and says hey Look at this. That's a different thing. That's something that's so tactile that makes, again, the kind of endeavors that you're talking about worth it in real time. That's that's something you can get your hands on, and that there's nothing more powerful than that. It's such a beautiful thing. I I mean, I could read you out a million tweets, as you know, because I know that you've read the timeline. And Mm. but they are, you know, oh my daughter, uh, you always had tears before bedtime. And she, uh, it's one that particularly always hit with marks. Um, so much so that the teacher stopped sending work home because she got so distressed by it. Jesus. And, and within two days, this girl is saying, Mom, can I do my math class? Bring it on. You know, bring it on. <laughs> and just to know that 
it's made that little girl happy. Yeah. That's enough. You know, it, it's everything, isn't it? Watch, I'm a very, 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 very lucky woman. I earned a lot of money through television. I'm financially secure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I totally, having come from where I came from, know and appreciate how lucky I am. So now, you know, you know, people might say, how much money have you got? Enough. So it's all about giving back. It's reciprocating and I, and now and putting outwards yeah, now it's and positive and it out. It is about giving back. And I think, you know, what we're seeing is, and, and this is not, you know, me, this is a lot of people are doing this. Sure. And mm -hmm. in, in whatever way that they can, and that's going back to what you were saying, you have to concentrate on what you can that's do. That's right. Um, uh, you know, I'm lucky in some ways because I have a sort of public persona so I can talk on the telly about it and others can't, but they're doing their best in their role. Absolutely. And I congratulate them on that. Absolutely. But what is becoming very apparent is that there are, as a society, the givers and there are the takers. And I've been appalled by some of the massively wealthy people who are doing nothing and that's the majority of them because when money is your god everything changes it's a poisonous cup to drink from and and we're seeing that and i do think that there will be societal changes political changes and i'm not talking about party politics here mm. where it's like how much is enough no one is yeah. just my view should anyone be allowed to be worth more than x a country anyone can a person, any yeah. person, you know, because it, it, it's an absolute uh, disgrace what is going on. I agree with and you. The irresponsibility of, of what some are doing. I agree with you 100%. You know, when others are effectively on a, on a war footing with limited equipment and they're going and doing all of it, they just have to stay at home. Yeah. Yes, it can be frustrating. Yes, it is inconvenient. But do it. This is a time I, now when yeah. I think we're going to really see a shift of the alignment of people's brand loyalty because yeah. they are looking now for the people who are sitting at the top of the mountain to help yeah. when it's most desperately needed. And those that sit there silent not. with their hands in their pockets, like so many oh. of them are, they are going to be looked upon as as lepers when this thing's all over because it's not, Absolutely. you know, you know, I take Amazon for one. Amazon has now put their prices up on a lot of products. When people need them most, they are taking strategic advantage wow. to know that people wow. can't go to the high street. Are you kidding me now? You've got a man at the top of that pile that's worth more than probably a good percentage of the countries in the world. And we're not seeing yeah. this, any sort of benevolence. He's donating a hundred million or something like that. Well, that's, that's the same as me giving five pounds away. Yeah. It's not proportional yeah. to the problem. And when I see these, you know, Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy group, they're giving hundreds of millions towards rebuilding Notre Dame Cathedral when it burns down. But there's people on bread lines. It's like, where are we actually prioritizing our wealth yeah. and the ability to help yeah. with that wealth? So I think people are going to really see a massive change in how they're affiliating with brands in the future and, uh, and and good on them if they stick to their guns because they deserve what they get when they sit silent and on their hands in a time like this. I quite, I couldn't agree with you more and I didn't realize that about Amazon to be honest and, and that is disgusting. I, I hope what my 
my worry is is that the gatekeepers, the gatekeepers in media mm. and other places, are all belong in the same group. Of course. And therefore, you know... And you don't do criticize the king too much. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. do that too much. So, uh, so that's... So, but I, you know, I, I, I'm not an angry woman, but I'm getting very angry about certain things. I think all online newspapers should switch off their comment section yes. to start, because they're just disgusting. Yes. Because, you know, well, this is where violence. the dregs Towards reside. Everybody. Yeah. Um, and I think in these times, you know, we don't want to hear all of that. There's so much terrible stuff that we're hearing anyway. Of course. Just switch them off. Um, it, it's um, all getting fatigue, yeah. content fatigue now in terms of yeah. the doom and gloom around the situation. And I'm very much yeah. the other side of that. I'm trying to keep my coworkers motivated. I'm trying to keep, you know, my yeah. family happy. I'm trying to keep myself inspired. And, you know, exercise is a massive part of that. I know exercise is a huge yeah. thing for you as well, you know, and, uh, yeah. and anything that you can do or I can do or anybody can do who maybe don't have the hundreds of millions of pounds to give away, then what pl- yeah. what part can you play? And I think health and well-being play such an important factor in the mental That's health, true. the isolation that people are going to be, you know, not used to experiencing. This is a huge thing for me. So I'm, I'm trying to do that through th- like my Instagram feed and things oh, like that. Okay. And just that little bit of help to keep people active because if your body's active, your mind will stay that way and you mm-hmm. won't get into this funk of, of, sitting around, eating snacks, watching garbage television all day. And that's the worst thing that we can do yeah. right now. Well, I think that's all right for a weekend, isn't it? Yeah. That's not a situation. That's, that's not right. the situation that we're in. Absolutely so, right. So no, I think there are many stages to this, aren't there, that are going to come down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, one of the things for me, Carol, I wanted to dig into some, but I'm, I'm conscious of your time and, and the time yeah, that we've I taken know, already. So if, if I could have five minutes then we can wrap. Is that cool? Cool. Yeah? Cool. So just, you've got math factors. You've got, you know, you've got the other other initiatives that you're working on the now. Books. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The books. What does, what does your next chapter look like? Is there anything on the bucket list? I mean, I know you're a pilot. You, 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 I did read somewhere that you wanted to fly around the world solo. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to fly around the world solo. Yeah. I don't know. I'll be 60 this year, so I don't know what the next chapter is. And my, so I grew up in North Wales, yeah. and my mum was very much, you know, all my family are Welsh. And I didn't know my father because uh, they divorced, um, and he'd had an affair when my mum was pregnant with me. Wow. And uh, so it was really weird, actually, when I was growing up. Not only were we dirt poor, mm. and he didn't give any money. But I had an older brother and sister who were like 10 years older than me. And he used to come and see them. And he never had, he wouldn't pat my head or anything to me. It was really, really weird. Like I was the biggest reject in the world. <laughs> and, um, and that scars you as a child. Yeah, it does. So, you know, and I always wanted to see him. And he wouldn't see me. And he used to go, when my sister was a bit older, so obviously there's a 10-year age gap. And she lived down in Windsor, and he used to go there with his second wife and stay with there. And, you know, never was anything, uh, my name wasn't allowed to be spoken. I was right. a child. It's <laughs> incredible. Um, so I didn't meet him until I was 42. So I knew nothing about that side of my family. Right. Um, uh, and the reason I'm telling you that was because that meant I was 
Welsh through and through. Even yes. though it was like half Dutch blood. My yes. only contact was Wales, right? Until I went to Cambridge and then graduated. Right, right. So I'm Welsh. And then to earn a living, because there, believe me, in the late 70s, there wasn't a lot of work in North Wales. Mm. Um, and poor was poor. Uh, I went and I found myself on countdown and then life takes over. Of course. And um, and then I looked after my mum all my life and so on. And I had to take kids and I got divorced and blah. So the next stage in my life is all about, about a year or so ago, I started working on radio for the BBC and Radio of Wales. Yeah. Because I just do what I want to do now. I have no, there's no <laughs> desire for fame or whatever. It is what it is. Yes. You know, I just want to. Do well, you've got, you've had it and got the t-shirt. Yeah, I've done that. And, you know, sitting on a sofa in London. I hate going to London. I absolutely hate it <laughs> because it's just that I don't want to be there. Yeah. How many more years have I got to be going I, so I hate London. It's just I hate having to go. Sure. You know, it's, I, I, you know, I like live it. here and I share the feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> so it, it's not against Londoners or anything like that. Please don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. No, no, It's no. just a pain. When I, all my industry used to be, part, you know, Manchester, Leeds. Mm-hmm. You know, I did Countdown Leeds 26 years. It used to be Birmingham. It used to be out of London. And about 15 years ago, it all went... <laughs> And it all went to London. Yes. Um, and so, you know, how I worked changed, and I didn't like it. So, uh, so I started on radio. I thought, oh, I'll fancy that. Anyway, halfway through the first show, I was like, oh, I love this. Why haven't I been doing this? <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so I accepted about a year ago uh, a permanent sort of Saturday lunchtime show. Amazing. And what I found, so this is in Cardiff in South Wales. Yep. But, they're my tribe. They're just my yes, tribe. Yes, yes, yes. There's no social class in Wales. It just isn't, you know. Right. Um, and, and it's what I know. And we just laugh. But we have a cook. We can't do it now. But kutching. Do you know the word kutch? No, no. What's that? So, so kutch is a Welsh word. And it's C-W-T-C-H. Okay. Like kutch. It is a kutch. And a kutch is like a special hug okay so and you hug everybody i give i give a cook to non selling newspapers you just cook <laughs> yeah. you know, right? I, I mean anybody you want to cook here come here and, and it's like about like 20 seconds of just oh, a big big hugging and almost like you rock together yeah yeah it's a bit like that oh enjoyed that and that's the <laughs> and that's like welsh i hate the word society but you know it, it's that's very normal. much that's normal. Yes. And 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 you don't ask for much financially. It's not about money. But there's no, you know, if somebody's got a posh car, it's like really, um, <laughs> and it's me. Yeah. So I bought a house. I can't go at the moment because at the moment it's my second home uh-huh. um, in Pembrokeshire, so I can't go sadly. Uh, but it will become my first home um, once my son's graduated. I'll move. I'm in Bristol at the moment. Sure. And so. What's the future for me? The future for me is, um, and I'll have a house in Cardiff as well, um, is Wales. Great. And just doing what I can to help the people I love, just hiking on the coastal path, love it. hiking in the mountains three or four times a week, doing what I want to do. I have no, and also causing a lot of 
funny mischief, doing a bit of radio, <laughs> having really like weird parties. Love it. Um, where people, you know, like famous people come down and we'll yeah. just kick off on the harbour or get a little boat or whatever it might be, or <laughs> kayaking, paddleboarding in the cold water and just chilling and laughing. Amazing. And that's me. I don't, I'm helping where I can. Yes. But I don't have any desire, you know, I've seen a lot and a lot of it I haven't liked. Um, so I'm just sticking to the people I like and the, you know, the things. Keep that, that circle I like. nice and tight, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. the last yeah. thing that I want to ask you is going to take two minutes. And it's something that I like to do with all the people I have conversations with. Okay. All right. It yeah. was it was developed by a guy uh, in France a long time ago, but picked up by a guy called James Lipton. James Lipton was a long, long time host of Inside the Actor Studio. So he asked these questions that I want to ask you to every famous okay, actor that you can imagine. There's 10 of them. It's about not thinking when just answer. Okay. okay? So first thing that comes to mind. And Something. They're not math questions, no. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna fire them off. You give me the first thing that comes to mind, and then we're finished, all right? Okay, Daryl, yeah. All right, here we go. What's your favorite word, Carol? Chance. Chance. No, chance, chance, yeah. Yeah. What's your least favorite chance, word? Yeah. Um, rules. <laughs> rules? <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not. I'm just answering like. Fast. Hey, that's okay. The first thing that comes to mind is how this is supposed to work. What turns you on, creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Uh, uh, giving, giving, yeah, sharing. And what turns you off? Um, What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't name this one. <laughs> but one might begin with the S. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Laughing. Oh, every time. Laughing, laughing. Like belly laughing. Yeah. Out loud. Yeah. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Anger. I I I can't deal with anger. I don't. You know, if somebody's angry at me, shouting, I I just it upsets me. What? And it's a sound. Anger is a sound. It is. It is. It's not firm. It's not loud. It's a sound. There's something in it that vibrates in us. I think. Absolutely. It's what profession, other than the ones that you've endeavoured throughout your career, would you love to attempt? Going into space. Oh, love yeah. that. I love that. Um, what profession would you never want to try? Working in the city. <laughs> Yawn! And on that topic, if I ruled the world, which I never want to, but if I did... I would make shorting of shares illegal overnight because that is what's made speculators gain money. It's just gambling. As soon as shorting started, it, it no longer is investment. It's just gambling. Absolutely. I would like to state that. Absolutely. Yeah. Final question, Carol. 
if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Hey, Borders! There's a great party going on here. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Listen, thank you so much, Carol. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Do you want to tell anybody um, listening where they can find Math Factors, the books, or anything else? of course. Well, it's just that, you know, and and it's all free, and obviously there is absolutely no commercial gain whatsoever. Of course. Uh, But it's normally £2 a week, but that's waived until schools go back. Mm -hmm. But I would just, I know it works for so many children. So if you're struggling with, with helping your child or you know somebody else, and they, they go to primary school, age 4 to 11, just go, and it's it's not the X factor, it's the mathfactor.com, and it's all there, it's all self-explanatory, and join the party. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Carol, thank you so much again. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I, uh, I can't, I can't believe I had the chance to sit down with you. It's, uh, it's been, it's been absolutely my pleasure. And, uh, and if there's ever a want or a need or anything else that you're bringing to the, bringing to the, you know, to the educational space, I would love to, um, I I would love to do it again. So thank you. Thank thank you you so much. much. I really, really appreciate it.